When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshaies at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 radio. The best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports talk radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7. The world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Oh! Let it go. I can't let this thing call up. 
while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men, while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman.
Determined by my selected steps. Regardless of the traps set by those who hate me, I am the master of my lifelong quest. It is my convictions and courage that will decide the success of my personal journey, not the dreamless limitations of those who refuse to see the greatness of my legacy. I walk not in the shadow of those who wish to be unnoticed. I stand tall in a crowded room with those who created their own path through life. I am driven to make noise where others wish to remain silent. I wear the suit of those who slew dragons and ruled kingdoms. I will not give in to the starless skies of those who see me as worthless and without meaning. I am a present-day gladiator, and I will have victory over the kingdom of my birthright. This is James T. Deshay. This is James T. Deshay, the host, <clears throat> the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without disruption. We are living in a time where all voices need to be heard, especially those of people of color, those who are being victimized by the system and in so many different ways. So I'm here this evening because there is so much for us to talk about, and there's so much going on. You know, uh, every tragic story where a African-American is killed is more tragic than the other. And it is hard to believe uh, that a woman walked into a apartment, which was not hers, and fatally shot a man who was enjoying the comforts of his own apartment. And it is so wild that these kind of things are happening 
in so many different ways. And we come to the table not sure we know why officers are unable uh, to determine exactly what situation they're in and not allowing their emotions to take over. Now, here is a lady who was getting off her shift and going to her apartment. And at some point she gets off on the wrong floor and goes into the wrong apartment. Now we don't know how she managed to gain access to the wrong apartment, but we do know that without provocation, she shot and killed the owner of that particular apartment. And he died en route to the hospital or shortly after he got to the hospital. So now we're dealing with the fact that her name has not been given to us. We don't know why she ended up on the wrong floor at the wrong door and how she gained access to this man's apartment. This man was in his 20s, a hardworking, dedicated man to his career. Uh, by all indications, were a very friendly individual guy to everybody around him and at his college. Uh, was a gospel singer. How did this woman end up in the wrong apartment, the wrong floor, the wrong apartment, gain entry, and subsequently fire a deadly shot that killed the homeowner. Uh, We are being given very little information at this point, but it just goes back to why are officers so intent on shooting first and asking questions later? Why can't a person be safe in their own home? This is an instance where a police officer was not called, that they just walked into the wrong place. And in each time that this happens, it further shows that people of color are not safe nowhere. If you can't be safe behind a closed door or that you pay rent at, where else can you be safe? No longer is calling the police giving you any comfort because they seem ready and prepared to shoot and ask questions later. Uh, D, I'm not sure if you heard about this story, but it was out of Texas and Dallas where a female walked into the wrong, exited the elevator on the wrong floor, made an entry to the wrong apartment, and subsequently killed a man who lived in that apartment. And so she is being charged now with manslaughter, but we have not been given her name. Uh, she, They took um, blood from her to see if she was intoxicated. Uh, and she has, um, you know, it just... Uh, seems like a bar a bizarre set of circumstances that here another man has lost his life. Uh, the sister talked about the fact she was looking for him 
a birthday present, and now she has to buy him a coffin. You know, what? what is going on in our society that a man can't even be safe in his own home? Well, good evening, James. Uh, and uh, that's a that's this is a little bit of a peculiar situation. Uh, you know, uh, for one thing, for me, uh, being a mind of uh, skepticism in a lot of in a lot of circumstances, uh, there's just too many wrong turns for one person to make uh, by by coincidence. Uh, and you call it by happenstance. There's just too many wrong turns to make. Um, in that, um, you know, the underlying probability. Um, you know, uh, to answer your, your 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 other question, why is it that a man just can't be ha- uh, safe in his own dwelling? Well, you know, something something just can't be can't be answered. Uh, there, there are a lot of instances that we can talk about uh, on a spiritual level. Uh, there are a lot of issues that we can talk about, talk, talk about by way of uh, happenstance. Uh, you know, things happen sometimes. Uh, there was one case, and I think this case was in Florida, where uh, this uh, elderly man and woman uh, they they lived in their retirement uh, home, and they had worked all hard all their life. They had been married for 50-some-odd years, and they took in their grandchild because the mother had issues. And so they took in the grandchild to raise her. Uh, the, the, uh, the grandchild, grown woman, uh, had befriended another person, and she and that person killed the grandparents for no, no real apparent reason except for probably drug money. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, why a person can live most of their life in peace and then all of a sudden, uh, here comes a, uh, an entity that comes in and just takes that all away from you. But in, in this in this woman's case, uh, there's too many wrong turns for for something just to happen just by circumstance. Uh, I'm sure that drugs would play an issue if the drug, if the toxicology test has not come back yet. Drugs could be an issue. There are some new drugs out there in the street. There are some new drugs in the street. Uh, one of which is called Flocka. And this drug, is you've heard about it, where it makes zombies out of people. Uh, there was this one man that actually ate off another man's face being on this drug. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, we live in strange times. And so um, that, I'm just going to end with that for now. And, and you, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but after hearing you say that, I have to be honest that I some kind of believe, way believe that these two may have had a relationship. And I'm not, you know, I, I just can't understand any other reason. You know, I've lived in a high rise before, and I understand all the floors are made the same. And, you know, there are times when I've been driving and I needed to go to a place, but somehow my mind had me going somewhere else. Uh, but to go so far as to get off on the wrong floor, go to somebody's room who uh, the man just happens to be there alone, you are able to gain entry to the apartment 
and right away you decide you're going to shoot. I mean, even if you went to your apartment and somebody was in your apartment who wasn't supposed to be there, look like you would yell some kind of command uh, before you shot him. And so, you know, we're still waiting and hopefully, you know, I, I don't know, I'm like you, it, it seems a lot of different things going on uh, that led up to this man's death. And none of them, and you want me to believe that all of them are just mistakes or happenstance or by chance. Um, I'm not willing to go there. And, you know, you, you are so right. You know, we live in a time and a place where helping people may may end up being your own personal downfall. Uh, there's another story today where a man, a hit was put out on a man, and the man stopped to assist the person who was the one paid to murder him. And so, you know, we we always in these situations where we want people to be do the humane thing, but sometimes being doing the right thing puts you in a crazy situation. Uh, you know, we just we got this thing going on now where. A homeless man gave this white female his last $20 and helped her to get gas to be on her way. Then they put him on uh, GoFundMe, and uh, they get $400,000 plus, uh, but they only give him about $70,000, and they are seen hot-shotting it all over the place in limousines and uh, going in front row in concerts and and just living the life on the money that was meant for him. And so you really have to question humanity and what is, what we're going through right now when there's so many people seemingly are just not living a life of a Christian manner or just being good people. Well, you know, uh, man, um, you know, when you say that and when you look at uh, how things are at the top level of this of this nation, um, and we've all heard cases where uh, even all over the world are uh, having their share of uh, dismay and hardship. You know, we, we saw all the, uh, the terrorist attack that was in, in London. And and we all know that people all over the world uh, have their moral issues. Uh, even the Catholic Church, uh, one of the most go-to uh, institutions that we as a people have uh, to kind of keep us on the straight and narrow. All of that being said, um, there's no wonder, you know, that we are in a time where things just seem to be all awry. Now, um, having said that, you know, when people pray and and we pray for we pray for better times for the most part, and I think that's what we do. Uh, even and and a, a good uh, a good uh, uh, example of what I'm saying is today's uh, presidency, uh, with it in a debacle as it is. Uh, most prayers 
and I want to emphasize, most prayers are geared toward a better outcome, all right? Now, in all of that, my point is that we necessarily don't know what the outcome is supposed to be when it comes to this work. Um, you know, I am an optimistic person for as um, um, 90% of the time, all right? But the other the other 10%, I'm a realist. And, um, you know, if we actually practice the Christian faith like we say we do, uh, then we know that the outcome of all of everything is the second coming of Christ. Uh, in, in order for all of that to happen, these situations have to happen. Uh, so uh, so if that's true, uh, the, to pray for a better outcome and to pray for my family uh, to uh, sustain all of this and to pray for a better, a better outcome again, I want to reiterate that, it's not necessarily the prayer to, to, uh, to exemplify. My understanding of Bible prophecy is that I should pray for uh, acceptance. And I also pray to get my heart in line for whatever the inevitable is. And surely, you know, we we can we can predict what that is uh, when it comes down to the scriptures. However, uh, when it comes down to God's will, that's the thing. That's that's the that's the common denominator. What God will is. So when we pray for a better outcome, that that may not. And you've heard me say this before. That may not be God's will. So. With everything going uh, okie dokie and crazy, um, you know, we can pray. We can pray for mercy. And my mama told me that, you know, uh, when I was going through my drug uh, episodes, and I was so disconsolate in all my uh, in all my being, I, I was lost as crap, and I didn't know what to do. And I went to her one day. And I and I told her mama, I, I said, I don't know how to pray because it, it didn't seem to be doing me no good. And she said, boy, what you're supposed to do is just pray for mercy. And so, and, and I think that's the key. God, whatever your will is, you do what you do. But if you would just have mercy on me, if it be your will, then I should be willing to accept that. And that's my answer to that, James. Thank you. Yeah, uh, D, as we uh, share this discussion, and we're here by ourselves today, we we have to understand and recognize uh, that you know we almost have to put and pray a head a head of protect a hedge of protection around ourselves and our loved ones uh, because there seem to be so many people out there that are willing to do the evilness that exists of. I don't know if you want to call it Satan or you want to call it the devil or what you or evil spirit, uh, but there just seems to be so many people who are out of touch with what is the humane way to live their lives. And though there are a lot of us who want to do right by people uh, every day, who want to do something decent, irregardless of what the situation is. We seem to be inundated by people who have their own agendas and who don't care about decency or politeness. Uh, they just don't see the true humanity in other people. I would not 
treat a dog without respect. I would not hurt any animal whatsoever. And so to to look at humanity and formulate a devious plot to take advantage of people just would not be a part of who I am as a person. But we recognize that there are people who do it each and every day who are able to, you know, you're a delivery man, who are able to walk up on a porch and take something that's not theirs and feel comfortable about doing it in such a way uh, that it's normal. And when they get caught, they have the audacity to be angry uh, that they were caught and may be criminally charged. It's though they have the right uh, to go around taking things that are not theirs. And so it is just the simplest of things that show us how uh, immoral we are from top to bottom, uh, from our president all the way down to to people who 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 feel as though they have the right to victimize everybody who crosses their path. Well, you know, and um, you know, it, it is so important. I think uh, that we. You know, we, like like yourself right here now, you know, we, we do what we can to try to enlighten people. Uh, we think it's our purpose to uh, do service work in a way where we try to uh, do what we can to save the next person, and hopefully that person will do the same. Um, but, and, and you know, and Miss Kathy and those that, uh, that are the equilibrium to our show, uh, they, they, they give us encouragement on how we are supposed to combat these issues that we have to deal with. And so, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, the saying, the saying we have to take it one day. Uh, we, we have to take it one day at a time. We have to choose our battles. We have to choose our battles wisely. Because uh, uh, Pastor Smith, uh, uh, when he uh, made it known that he he was growing weary, and you know, and we all know Pastor Smith's history of being a undercover officer, and and the personality that he had to contend with. Uh, it, you know, uh, it it will make you weary if you have to be involved with this, with this kind of stuff. Uh, that's why I think that you know we have to find our place in life, and we have to find our own zone. Uh, I, I've come to uh, to the realization that it's good for me to find my lane. And cultivate my lane, and be good at uh, be good at the lane that I'm in. Because if we, when we, you know, uh, I, I think people like President Obama that had the uh, the gumption and and the whereabouts to try to get out and try to do something for the world, you know. And I can appreciate his wife also for you know she didn't have the same admiration per se. Uh, because she let it be known that a lot of times in her life she was disappointed in America. But she backed his aspiration and his desires to do so. And then at the end of the day, after all of that, America turned around and slapped him in the face, you know. Uh, so it, it makes you wonder, you know, people have the hard to do right, uh, a, a, a high percentage of people do, do 
But there's always this side of uh, bitterness that's just going to be the stifle. It's just going to be the thorn side, no matter what you do, Jeff. Thank you. But being an educator, D, I feel as though there's a role for public education to play in trying to normalize uh, the thoughts or behaviors of people in general. Uh, Because if they don't get the education at home on how to treat one another, then the schools have to play a role in trying to eliminate the violence that seems to be so common in our society. There's a reason why police officers feel so comfortable victimizing people of color and that their education or their environment allowed them uh, to victimize people, to take advantage of individuals that they think are, are weaker than them, and that goes throughout our society as people who are not out there working to get a job, who somehow feel like they have a right uh, to take advantage of people who are hardworking without the not without any uh, no feeling of remorse. You know, and they do it to children, they do it to women, they do it to the elderly, and we all seem to be victims of the people who don't have a conscience. So how do we go about assisting society to gain some kind of conscience or remorse for bad behavior? Well, you know that job is that job is going to be strenuous. Uh, again, when you got uh, institutions like the Catholic that seems to not be willing or have the uh, whereabouts to get itself together, when billions and billions of people, well, billions of people, uh, millions and millions of people look up to them as the as the beacon of hope. And 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 we all know what they're going through. All right. Now look, when you speak about, first of all, let me tell you that uh, the other day I was in the company of a uh, young police officer in the city where I am. Uh, he was at one. Of, he was at uh, my in-laws' dinner, and uh, he and I, of course, you know, I had to ask the question. I, I do ask. I have a tendency to ask the tough questions. If anybody's in my presence, they can answer these questions. Black guy, brother. And I asked him, I said, uh, how do, how do uh, officers of color feel when uh, their brethren uh, have a tendency to uh, uh, have shootings with unarmed people? Uh, and, I, and I was wondering, what, what, what is their mindset when they have to endure that within the, uh, within the department of the institution of uh, law enforcement? And he went on to say to me that, you know, uh, his top priority uh, is to make it home to his family at night. And and he mentions to me, and the city that I live in, uh, per capita, 
has a high murder rate. Uh, the city that I live in is about 62,000 people. But uh, per capita, uh, it has been number one in the country uh, for, for quite some years. Uh, uh, it, it has gotten better here lately. But with that, you know, he mentions that uh, his top priority is to make a home at night. And they can't take the chance that these people, the, the proposed uh, perpetrators, are, are civil enough to comply with law, with uh, orders and, and authority. Now, and I say that quickly because I want to reiterate what you said about home training and how the, the school system are uh, having to take up the slack for the lack of home training. That's a tough job. That's an astronomical job to do that because uh, home training in itself takes a lot of patience and it takes willingness on, on the part of the parents. And so if they have other distractions going on, and I also want to say that you know, the legalized marijuana, again, is the most dreadful thing that could ever happen to our society. Um, so you know that's a, that's another fight. You know when we come when it comes to the ballot of that being on the ballot in your state, uh, vote no, because you don't want it to happen. That that is a Pandora's box that we don't want to have to endure. Thank you. Uh, but Dean, when you I want to go back to what you said about the gentleman saying his first and foremost he wants to go home, and I understand the need to. Um, decide that you want to go home and you want to take all the precautions necessary to keep yourself safe. But to me, you cannot be so willing to keep yourself safe that you put innocent people in harm's way. You and I have seen a number of cases where innocent people have lost their lives uh, for doing nothing more than Obeying orders. Uh, I, I have there are a series of situations where policemen stop people for nonsense, and when I mean nonsense, they were they broke a law, but not a law that um, was so out of place. Uh, in South Carolina, uh, a policeman stopped a man. Uh, for a brake light or something insignificant, asked the man to get his, the man got out of the car, and uh, the man said, you know, get your driver's license. He go in to get his driver's license, and the man fired his gun about five or six times. And the man was just following his instructions. And just thank God he didn't hit any vital organs, and this particular police officer went, uh, was found guilty, but you know we've seen the videotape of the man in the car who had a legal right to carry a gun, and then he ended up being shot to death right in front of his girlfriend and his uh, child. And so, um, so often these people want to get home so so badly uh, that they take the least little situation. And he used it as a reason to fire their weapon. So uh, when you shoot somebody who got a gun or means you some harm, I don't have a problem. 
But when you put your life ahead of people who don't even have a weapon or who are not looking to harm you, then these kind of situations happen. And you, your, your statement to me is, well, I was afraid for my life. And being afraid for your life should not put my life in jeopardy. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, that, that's a question. Now, personally, that's a question that I, I uh, the answer, the answer that, that was given to me uh, actually trickled down uh, to uh, the case of uh, improper training. Uh, because, you know, uh, that answer that he gave me was feeble and weak. That was a weak answer for for the for the uh, readiness and the excuse of taking a person life. Um, that's that's a feeble answer, all right? Now, you know, and, and so when Nate used to come on here and, and give us the uh, the example of protocol uh, that that's expected of them, all right, in, in a real hostile situation over in another country, uh, people that you don't even know about, and people that are out to kill you for real, the protocol that they have to go through is nothing like what it is that 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 America's law enforcement is exemplifying. You know, I am really astounded by the lack of in that respect. Going forward, the candidate uh, that's looking to be the leader of this country has a very uh, strenuous agenda to, try to address in all areas, and this being one of them. Uh, you know, when you got uh, uh, law enforcement in, in Peoria, Illinois, or uh, Bum Tulsa, Mississippi, and little small-town sheriff department that, that have their own rules and ways of doing things, uh, you know, these, these small towns, uh, these are the ones that you're going to have to come on board with some real understanding of what it is we expect of them. Uh, and the understanding of uh, how all life matters, if they want to put put that on the on the bulletin board instead of black lives matter, all lives matter, okay, well, we need to see that they understand that. Uh, and the training that's, that's been involved, uh, that's uh, the lack of training, uh, there, there needs to be some new statutes put in place uh, and new mandates to make sure that we are safe, you know, um, you know, and you know, uh, you know, when it comes down to calling call Kaepernick and the players not kneeling for the national anthem, this is why. This is why, you know, and 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 white America, you know, and we got to throw them out on the bus on that one now. You know, we know that there there are white Democrats that that think a lot in the, in the same lines as we do when it comes to uh, political parties. But when it comes down to this issue right here and the reason that these fellas are not standing for the national anthem and white America want to scorn on that, well, this is why. Because you, they're not paying well enough attention to what it is that, that's being said. They want to push it on the road. And I just want to throw that out there. And I challenge anybody to have that debate with us. Come online, come on the phone and have it. We like to hear what you got to say about it because we need answers in that way. And I'm sorry. Thank you. And it's clear that, you know, you have to recognize uh, that 
I truly believe that all lives matter. Uh, I believe that no person's life should be in jeopardy by going about their everyday activities. Uh, But it's easy to see that there are people who seemingly believe uh, that their fear should give them justification for taking the lives of another individual. And I, at one point, uh, thought about going in law enforcement, but I wanted to, I was uh, thinking about being a correction officer. And the officer told me, one of the officers that was interviewing me asked me why do I want to be a correction officer instead of police officer. And my reason was because I didn't feel comfortable with the decisions that have to be made extremely quickly related to pulling your weapon out and firing it. Now, if you're afraid to go around a dark building or you are too afraid to evaluate a situation before you pull out your weapon and start shooting, maybe a police officer is not the good job for you. But we want people who are able and willing to evaluate a situation before they fire their weapon. And so many of these situations, these people fire their weapon 10 and 12 times or empty the clip uh, before they evaluate whether or not their life is still in jeopardy. And uh, the fact that so many of them get away with it, uh, I believe encourages people to go about uh, doing uh, what they're doing irregardless of the results. And we have a president who uh, seemingly believes that he he supports police officers irregardless of what decisions they make. A man shouldn't die because he's selling cigarettes. A man shouldn't die because he's selling DVDs. A man, sh- a child shouldn't die because they're playing with a gun in the park. And you know we can go on and on and on. No, everything that you do should not end up in a death sentence because police officers are afraid. Well, you're right. And um, so we both can agree that the uh, the lack of training uh, is nowhere where it should be, is nowhere where it used to be, uh, that's for sure. Uh, the, the lack of scrutiny uh, within the uh, departments and internal affairs and anybody else that used to be the check and balances of such act, of such actions uh, seems not to be there anymore. Uh, we all know the attitude of the uh, the, the the head of state, uh, where when he goes to a police convention uh, to be recognized by them, and then he. Uh, uh, endorse the the attitude of roughing them up a little bit. It's all right. They'll be okay. Rough them up a little bit, you know. And then and and then the um the the captain of that area had to come in and and re, and re, retract the president's 
statement in that way. It's um, it's a lot of work to be done, and with that, you know, and we know that. Uh, we know that uh, we are overwhelmed with issues that has to be addressed. We are overwhelmed with our own community uh, not being a part of of our uh, willingness to try to find solutions. All right, a lot of a lot of people in our own community are just going about their everyday business. All right, if that's true, and and, and it seems to be the, the case. Uh, the the um, posture that Miss Kathy would take would simply be: we have to pray about it all the time. We have to pray about it all the time. Now, e- even with that, um, I think that honestly, I think that takes some training. Also, it takes some training for a person to be in the mind of prayer and the mind of expectancy of a better outcome all the time. Uh, you know, I think, you know, a lot of reasons why people are not involved in better character building is because they don't have the, uh, they're not being beholding to their expectation of doing better. You know, case in point, when, uh, when, uh, when you go to a church, and when you visit a church and you look around the church and you see how many young people are in the church, it's minimal because the pastors of the church are not trying or have not even adopted a way to attract them. That's a bad sign. You know, if you're not trying to find a way to attract the young people, then it's no wonder that they don't feel included in our society. So they have no expectation other than their home training on how they are supposed to act. I mean, look, I, this thing is serious when it comes to young people because their escapism, their escapism is in part uh, their music primarily. And, and, and basically that's it. You know, you know, they they have no idea of what you know. You you are a poet, James, and you are you are a romantic. And do you know? You got to know this that they will see your passion and your profession as being lame. Absolutely, absolutely. So to me, there's something wrong with that picture. Uh, we have to, man. We got to go. We got to start at the ground level. And build ourselves up. We have to build, start the ground level, and start and build our um, our existence in another way than the way it used to be. And so it, we got to come on board with all of that. And you know, uh, you know, when you look at how many people that that still willing to come on this show on a regular basis, you know, I know that you know we all. Uh, Miss Miss Kathy says it best. Again, I have to keep bringing her up because I pay attention to everybody, everything they say. She she explains that people are doing their own thing and the way they do stuff. And and and, and she says she sees it different. People just doing it differently. I hope that's the case, James. Sorry to take up so much time. Thank you. Oh, don't ever be sorry about speaking your word. You know, we talk about the fact uh, that we have to be free to share our thoughts here on this show. 
we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and uh, allow Dee and myself to give a final statement related to our discussion. Tonight I'm in a romantic mood, yeah. Let's take a shower, shower together. I'll wash your body, you wash mine, yeah. In this whole wide world that I ever need. 
we want to make sure that we have a platform that allows us to call and talk about the injustices that, that exist in our society. Take care, and we'll see you tomorrow, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear.